Welcome to Happenings of Grace, a podcast dedicated to sharing the ways in which God works in the congregation of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Williamsburg, Virginia. Okay, so I always start off with like um, like a lightning round. Ooh, okay, I like it. All right, so let me, let me think. Um, here we go. iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. Mm-hmm. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Tea. The Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Orc was a clue on the word crossword today, and I couldn't even spell it right. Girl, I know. ORC. I know. Well, now I know. <laughs> yes. I'm rereading Lord yes. of the Rings. You. That's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Science fiction or fantasy? Fantasy. Wait, what's the difference? Fantasy. There is a difference. Like earth based, right? Fantasy tech has like magic and type things. Okay. And it usually has like the hero's journey, where science fiction is about like space travel for the most part. Fantasy. I'll stand by it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably more science fiction. But I, I could go both. I'm not as strong opinionated on that one. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Wars. Star Wars, but also neither? Neither. All right. <laughs> but you said science fiction. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. Like, if I have to choose between <laughs> fantasy or science fiction, I choose science fiction. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five Desert Island books. Little Women is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I would pick Les Mis. Mm. That's one of my favorites. That's huge. I know. Also, you're on a desert island. What else do you got to do? Yeah, well, that's true. Carbon <laughs> <Part of> coconut. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. Little Women, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by uh, John Mark Comer as pastor. That was like a cornerstone book in my life. Oh. And I love that one. It's great. Never heard of that book. Super, I have an extra copy. What's it about? <laughs> it's about like eliminating the hurry in your life and slowing down life to hmm. his, one of his phrases um, was like, are you walking with Jesus or in front of him? Like our lives are so busy and so packed mm-hmm. that we've forgotten what Sabbath is. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that was really huge, especially like in the middle of my time in ministry. I was just getting so burnt out because I thought a full schedule was a successful ministry. So it's like so burnt out and that book really helped change my Okay. Walk and revalue Sabbath. So. I might come back to that. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've got two. <laughs> no, I know. I'm blanking on books and I love reading. Three to five. How about that? Three to, three to five. five. The Lord of the Rings is not one? That's, I, yeah, that's one for me. I do love Lord of the Rings. So, okay. yes, I would choose that. I'm also not trying to just pick all like classics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds so smart. Push up your glasses. No. Saying it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I loved Rob Lowe's autobiography, Stories I Only Tell My Friends. Oh. I thought that was so fun. So I would read that again. Hmm. I would pick a Bill Bryson book, maybe Walk in the Woods, but also his book on Australia was fascinating. I like Walk in the Woods. Uh, Yeah, Walk in the Woods is one of my favorites, but also, yeah. Um, I really like Eric Larson. He's got a book. um, His latest one is... um, of course I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's about Churchill and he writes mm. like it's historical. Uh, I don't, it's not fiction, but he like writes it like more story form rather than like hard cold facts. Mm. Um, and so he writes a lot of really good stuff that I enjoy. Um, our desert island time is very different. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I want something that doesn't make me think except for the political <laughs> elimination. Um, those are three. You're good. Well, you need, yeah, you need I think I'm good, but yeah. Okay. Cool. You no, know, I named authors. I cheated a but. little bit. <laughs> well, I said I picked the Churchill. You did. Yeah, you did. Eric yeah. Larson. Yeah. And I you're, you're covered. You're good. Yeah. I can't remember. 
remember the names. That's my problem. <laughs> yes, I have that problem too. They're too much. They blur together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Walk in the woods. Is that what the? That's with the heavy set guy and mm -hmm. the other. Yeah, yeah he that, walks, that he does book the is hilarious. With his friend, yes, his friend is his really Australia fun. book is it good? Also hilarious. Yes. Okay. Then he also you do also like, do not want to go in any of their. You don't want to go in the outback no. outback after you've read it or any water, not even dipples. <laughs> don't go in the water. Oh yeah, mm. everything will kill you. Everything will kill you, yeah. mm -hmm. but in a funny way, at least in his book. He, didn't he read also write like things in your house or something? Yeah, he's written a lot kitchen. of like like half of it's like about like his travel, like half yeah, his books travel. I think are about his travels. But then he wrote one about like his childhood, and yeah. he wrote one about like the English language. That one's a good one. He wrote one about yeah. the body, like okay. so he just each chapter is about a different like section of your body, and he writes just about all the crazy things that our bodies do. And it's like actually it's fascinating, but it's also kind of sad because he has one or two moments in each in that book where it's like he talks about how cool that this randomly happened, and I'm like, like you're so close, like, but also. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. You know, yeah. he doesn't, he's clearly not a believer. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. always made me a little sad reading that book. Yeah. But. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. So, well, Annette, you go first, like your, your background journey to faith. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a Christian um, family. And so I guess you could probably say I not have never like known a day without the Lord. Um, I remember very vaguely when I was probably around five or six, you know, my parents talked about, oh, yeah, you pray the prayer and, you know, that kind of very typical Christian mm -hmm. experience. And so I remember going to my mom one night and being like, I think I'm ready to pray to Jesus. And remember, I remember very distinctly, like kneeling down on the ground with her and, you know, praying to accept the Lord into my heart. And um, and so that's probably my like, you know, moment, I guess, that I came to the Lord if you had to have one. But um Probably when my faith really became my own was in high school. Um, I went to a public high school, but it was one of those charter schools, so it was a very small public high school, um, but very, very academically focused. So a very math and science type school. Um, and so a lot of my friends in high school, I sort of had my like youth group friends, and I had my school friends and my soccer friends, and everyone at my high school it was very important, like what, you know getting into college like part of my high school was like you had to complete x number of ap classes mm -hmm. you had to do certain numbers of community service like there was a lot of extra expectations at the school than there were at others um and so everyone was very very focused on what they were going to do with their futures and where they were going to go with their lives and so it was really interesting because there were not many kids in my school that were believers um and it was really interesting. I remember really kind of wrestling with like sort of that, like, what am I going to accomplish on this earth? Because that was so front and center and that was so pushed, you know, you have to get good grades and you get into good, good college and you do all these things. Um, and then like, you know, being in the world of, you know, my family and my church family and like, you know, Hey, there's more to this life than like what we accomplish on this earth. And like, you know, and, and there are reasons behind why we do what we do and that kind of thing. And so having sort of the two groups and really, you know, to some extent, you know, wanting to fit in with my high school friends and wanting to be a part of that crowd. But then like, I just really remember at some point junior year, again, it wasn't like a specific moment, but just having this kind of like, I don't love this. Like, I don't love living for academia or soccer or, you know, fill in the blank because there's many things. But, um, and 
realizing my friends' lives felt very empty to me mm-hmm. and like kind of recognizing that even at that young age. And so mm-hmm. again, it was, there was no lightning bolt moment, but just kind of slowly, I remember specifically my junior year, like sort of being very enamored at the beginning of the year with like my friends and like the parties and the going out and like, you know, doing that kind of thing. And then like sort of by the end of the year being like, this isn't fulfilling and this mm-hmm. is not, um, you know, how do I want to live my life? And I was really blessed with, um, a couple of specifically, you know, adult women in our church who really poured into me and my friend group. We, uh, we, I grew up in a church plant, so it was a small group, but like there just happened to be a couple families that had girls my age and then we all had younger brothers. And so my youth group experience was very different because it was like six of us and we were all girls. And so in the summer we'd all have spe- like sleepovers together, you know, <laughs> like stuff that like, nor- you know, obviously you can't typically yeah. get away with, but it was this very sweet um, group and a couple women who very specifically poured into us. And I remember kind of seeing them, you know, a couple steps ahead of me and seeing their love for Jesus and like, being like, I think I like how you live your life Mm -hmm. better than the way you live yours. And just having that, like, and what's the difference and it's their love for the Lord. And so that's probably when I'd say my heart really kind of not changed or shifted, but like, really, I think my faith became my own. Mm -hmm. And I just, I saw how, much more gratifying and how much more these women, you know, they had so much more to live for Mm -hmm. and to give of themselves. And there was a purpose beyond them um, rather than my friends who were kind of in the rat race already at like 16, (laughs) which felt really silly. That early, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the ideal too, right? Is that like our lives should look so different that somebody's like, wait, what are you doing? Right. It's beautiful that you Mm -hmm. saw it. That's good. They saw because sometimes our lives don't. Yeah. Right. Or in the church at large, it doesn't look different. Yeah. You know? Well, and I remember wrestling with that in high school and being like, oh, man, like, I don't know how many of my friends in high school know that I love Jesus, you know? And, like, yeah. kind of seeing that in myself yeah. and really sort of that was part of the wrestling, too. Wow. Yeah. Just the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was raised, my parents got divorced when I was three. So I was raised in my with my mom, who my mom's not a believer. My dad is a believer. And um, she you know, let us know that dad left because God told him to, which was, you know, that's a thing in itself. Uh, but, uh, so I grew up thinking God was this God who takes dads away. So I just didn't really have any interest in that. And, uh, then when I was 13, I got arrested and did some time in juvie. And I wasn't like the situation behind that is like crazy. And it's a long story, but um, I wasn't like a really bad, I wasn't a bad kid, but I had started cursing cause my friends were cursing. So I remember praying in my cell, like, God, if you get me out of this, I won't ever curse again. One of those prayers. <laughs> and, uh, I think it was like two days later, my parole officer came in and she was the first one to believe my story of what actually happened. And I was out later. Um, and I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is the first adult who's listened to me, a 13 year old, like God must be real and maybe not so bad cause he got me out of juvie. So after that, at 16, I was removed from my mom's home because she's really abusive. And we moved in with my dad. And my dad's still a believer. So he took us to church, which getting into youth group at 16 with an eyebrow ring was really, really rough. (laughs) I hated, I hated youth group so much because I just sat at a table with three other kids who also like one had yellow parachute pants. The other one was my sister who had a lip ring and then the other girl had hot pink hair and nobody talked to us the whole first time we were there. Like I remember thinking like, this is our midst of the table and nobody else wants to talk. So I hated, I hated church. And then my dad signed us up for summer camp, which also was not excited about. And I, 
um, pretended to be asleep the whole, like we drove to Panama City. So all like 22 hours or whatever it was, I just pretended to be asleep. So I didn't have to talk to any of the kids. And the third day we were at summer camp is the gospel was presented in a way that I, the Holy Spirit, like just really opened my eyes to it. And I gave my life to Jesus and I just totally fell in love with um, him and felt like I finally had an identity. And for somebody who never felt at home, because I never felt safe with my mom. And then when I moved with my dad, like he had gotten remarried and had a new, you know, it felt like me to me then a new family. I just never felt at home anywhere. And that was the thing that radically changed for me was like, after I fell in love with Jesus, my heart just suddenly changed for the church. I loved church because it was the first place I ever felt at home. So youth group is totally different also because the kids got to know me finally and saw that like this eyebrow ring is just a thing. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and it didn't stay very long because I was allergic to it. So then I was like terrible and this, yeah, crazy reaction. But, um, yeah. And then from then on, like I got involved, um, well, I just, I just really did fall in love with the capital C church. So I really soaked things in when I was at church and was there all the time and loved it. And then when I got into college, got involved in young life and a campus ministry that really helped grow my faith. And, um, and then my dad's been a, you know, a faithful man who's prayed for me my whole life. And I think that's also, well, I think I know that's also part of the reason why my heart has just grown for the Lord. And, um, yeah. And then I just kept with that, just really I just fell in love with God like totally and have been learning more about him. And that's what led me to ministry was I loved being in the lives of teenage girls. Cause I knew that would have made such a difference in my life. If I had like a safe female in my life at that age. And so I just fell in love with young life because of their work with teenagers. And I was like, this is really about what I want to do. Um, and that's why I got into youth ministry years later. But So did you throw yourself into ministry and that's where the, the lack of rest comes in like oh. talk about that or <laughs> yeah that's good so i never wanted to be vocationally working at a church because i didn't want people to think it was my job to tell them about god or about jesus i just wanted to think to know that i just love jesus so much i want that for you um but then i, I was at bible college in australia and i got like i felt the lord's call to youth ministry and when i came home uh yeah like i was 27 got my first full-time job in youth ministry and I was single, no kids. So I just, and I love, I love youth ministry. I love what we get to do. And so I did, I just threw myself in there. And I also had made an idol of feeling like an idol of my full schedule of mm. because my schedule's full, people like me. That means I'm being productive. And I just, I mean, I didn't Sabbath and it does like the Lord created that for us and it does take a toll on you. And my soul was just, in this book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark talks about how his soul felt like an empty tunnel that knew like something should be coming through here, but it's not. And that's exactly how I felt. I wept when I heard those words. because, oh, Man, that's how I feel. It's like, I'm still leading Bible studies. I don't feel distant from the Lord. I just don't feel anything. Yeah. And, and so it was the, like, I started eliminating things out of my schedule and, and just wrestling with that. I told myself, like, you're not going to move your car one day a week. Like, so if you can walk there, that's cool, but you're not going anywhere when, and that was so radical for my, my spirit and my faith journey. And also like, you know, taking a real good swing at that idol of busyness is productivity and means that you're doing great things. And, you know, like, well, the devil, devil never rests, but like, I'm not trying to image the devil, you know? Uh -huh. So I'm trying to image Jesus uh -huh. and he rested and he 
was interruptible. I just remember running through the foyer, trying to get from one thing to the next thing. Always had a foot out of a conversation because I was just too busy to stand and give attention. And that's not, that doesn't reflect Jesus. So it, yeah, like ministry because of my love for it, which that's why we bury ourselves in things is because we love it so much or we're a slave to it. Even good things like ministry. I just, my schedule got so full and my soul was so done. So Sabbath really revived my soul as the Lord intended for it to. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. That's good. It's a good book. I'll have to read that book. That sounds very... Bring mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. Awesome. You got it. <laughs> All right, Annette. So most people will know you have prior good history here. <laughs> but tell us about your journey into ministry and how you've kind of come back again to Grace Covenant. <laughs> to have the same job I did the when I was The same job. <laughs> yeah. Semi-job. Yeah. Semi-job. <laughs> Half-job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in college, I went to Covenant. Go Scots. Um, and... I, um, part of the reason I went to Covenant is because I'd gone to such an academically rigorous high school that was a non-Christian environment. I really wanted to go to a place where I was going to be primarily surrounded by believers and really flesh out my faith. And I loved that at Covenant, you could also study biblically. So it wasn't just in a Sunday school setting. It was like academically, like we can like study this. So, um, I ended up very randomly getting a, well, I, okay, back up. I worked at a camp in college in the summers. It was a camp that I'd gone to as a, um, as a high schooler and I loved it. It was so fun. You know, you have to play all the games, do all the things. And there were always cute boys. And so, and there were not any cute boys in my youth group because it was six girls. So (laughs) this is the old, my one time a year to meet cute boys. And so, um, and so in college I worked as a camp counselor at this camp in the very first summers in between my sophomore and junior year college I was like I'm gonna go and yeah I'll do the camp counselor thing but like the counselors always seem like they had so much fun and like again cute boys like they always get to like make good friends and hang out and you just have a really fun summer and that's what I was thinking I would do and like yes the people I met were great and I had a good time but I got into cabin with middle school girls and I loved it like I ended up having so much fun with these girls that I would be in charge of for a week and like hanging out and like really finding a niche in youth ministry. And it's kind of the first time in life I was like, oh, I'm really good at this. Like, it was sort of that thing where I was like, this is exciting to me and I enjoy it. And it sort of comes naturally to me. And so, um, I got back to college that, uh, junior year and I like got involved in the youth group in my church and like helped lead a middle school girls D group. So I started getting like kind of hands-on experience. Um, and then senior year, they had a youth ministry minor at Covenant. Um, I was a math major and that's a very small, group of us at Covenant because it's not not many people go to Covenant and get a math degree and so because of that they only offered certain classes at certain times and I wanted to pursue some of the youth ministry courses but they were always at the same time as these classes I needed for my major so I kind of was like well that won't happen it's fine um so I took just a class for fun senior year and then my spring semester I was like oh I don't need that many credits to graduate and I called my dad and I was like I could go part-time you know save some money whatever and he's like you'll never get this experience you don't get to be in this place ever again he's like don't worry about the money like if there's anything you want to study any classes you want to take like this is your chance and I was like well the only thing I'd want to do would be to get this youth ministry minor but I have one credit I need like five more classes to like do that I can't do that in a semester and he goes you haven't asked so I went to the youth ministry professor and I said, hey, here's my situation. Is there anything we could do? And he, and he worked with me. He let me take several classes practicum. He let me, I basically did a full-time youth ministry job my spring semester of college. Um, 
because I had to get like 200 plus practicum hours, like <laughs> in a semester <laughs> and, and just some crazy, crazy stuff. But I did it. And it was like the first time I read all the books I needed for a course mm-hmm. or like, you know, actually did all the work. Mm-hmm. So I was so interested in it and it appealed to me so much. And so I start, you know, get towards the end of grad, you know, you get closer graduating and I started applying for jobs kind of just in a bunch of different fields. I applied to some teaching jobs and random things and some youth assistant positions because that's typically where fresh out of college, young female ends up and none of them are really panning out and like had a couple interviews and it was just, oh, we went a different direction or, you know, whatever. And, um, wasn't kind of pursuing these ministry things super specifically, but a really good friend of mine from that camp who we also, because of that camp, we knew Ben Robertson because he was on the board of the camp at the same time. She got the RUF internship here in Williamsburg um, as Ben Robertson's first intern. And she was like, hey, move to Williamsburg with me. I got a job. And I was like, hey, find me a job. And I will. (laughs) So she talked to Ben and he was like, well, are you guys leaving? Uh, She told him my background. He was like, well, are you guys leaving? She should apply. And so I did thinking like, there's no way this is for a director position. I am not qualified for this. I'm not ready. Like, but you know, I talked to that professor in college and he was like, I think you could do it. It's a small enough church. It's a small Mm -hmm. enough group. Like, you know, um, their program's not super built. It's not Mm -hmm. necessary. You know, you'd have a lot of freedom and a lot of, you know, they've just kind of had this other guy that was like kind of grandfathered into the position. Like, I think you could do it. So I applied and ended up getting the job. And so I moved here. First time in Williamsburg was when I moved here to take the job. Um, And yeah, it ended up being one of the most fun four years of my life. Uh, That's where I met Mark, my husband. Uh, He was my best youth group volunteer by far. (laughs) Um, He and I both moved here separately post-college. And so that's how we met was here. And and then he started flight school two years later. So I stayed until we got married. So I did the four years here and then we moved around a bunch before the Navy brought us back here and we decided to stick around. But I have done youth ministry since I left. I did it part-time at a church in Oak Harbor, Washington and volunteered. We volunteered at our church in Maryland, even after we had Silas, who's my oldest, like I still was going to youth group even through COVID. And so I have a heart for it. I love it. I've said, it's kind of the first thing I've ever found that I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really good at this Mm -hmm. and I really love it. And I, I saw what a difference those women made in my life, like growing up and it, I don't know, like it's not, to me, it's not hard and it's like, it's just loving people. Mm -hmm. And so how can I, especially at such a time when kids are, you know, you're going through so much and you're changing so much and your opinions and your worldview is being formulated. Like if I can walk through that with even one or two kids, like how cool to be a part of that and Mm -hmm. to just be a sounding board and be a person. So like, I hope someday I have men who are in my boy's life Mm -hmm. doing the same thing because as a parent, you can't, your voice, it counts a lot, but it doesn't count in the same way that other people can. So we all have mentors outside of our family. So So you've kind of mentioned a few mentors. Mm -hmm. Do you have any by name? Lynn, do you have any by name that like one that someone came alongside you and just picked you up or taught you something that yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I said, like, yeah, I like, yes. Um, so the first one who made a huge impact in my life, her name is Linda Cruciano, and I still give, she was my youth group leader. Linda. Linda's a good name. I'm half of it, Lynn. Yeah, but uh, she was my, she, I don't even think she was my actual leader, but she was a leader in the youth group, and I remember the first 
Sunday she saw me at church, which was weird to me at the time. She said, I've been praying for you for years. I'm like, I don't even know you, you know, but hmm. now I understand as an adult or even, you know, later I did, but um, I'll still call her. And when I've got like a youth situation, I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And she'll give me guidance. She still prays for me. Hmm. She came out and visited me and took me to a tea house, you know, like just a few years ago. And she's been really influential in my life. And I just know she's always been praying for me. And then more recently when I got to my new church, two women, specifically Peggy Penley and Trina Hill, both, uh, I mean, Trina asked me to be a part of this really intense Bible study that was a two-year program with her when I first got there. And I, man, just having that, like the Bible study itself was great, but having that close, consistent relationship with those women for two years, and then now we just still have that because it was, it became so foundational in my life. Like they're two of, you know, the people I consider like a mother to me and they're, yeah, so they've had a huge influence in my spiritual life, but also just my my life as a woman, you know? As a, mm. That's weird. But like, like, natural born woman. But yes, like a female role model in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, mine are, I mean, I, there have been several people, um, but the two that kind of stuck out in my mind, one was a woman named Sarah Abel, and it was when I was in high school. She was part of that church, um, and she kind of dove in. She was the first woman who um looked at me as an individual and said I want to spend time with you you are important you have something to offer she um was very athletic and I also was and so I like I did a volleyball kind of on a dare uh senior year of high school just because (laughs) it's a whole thing um but I joined the volleyball team and I knew nothing I played soccer my whole life I did not know how to use my hands and arms for anything (laughs) um and she had played in college and she spent so much time. Like I would go work out with her like consistently. Um, and she spent a ton of time with me. Like we would run wind sprints and like do all, all this stuff together. She helped me like get into training for like college soccer and like do all these things. Um, the interesting thing about her is that she made such an impact on me of just like, she showed me how to do life as life as ministry of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm into this too. Like it doesn't have to always be getting coffee. Mm -hmm. It can be, Mm -hmm living life together um, and being interested in the same things and helping someone with like something as simple as learning to play volleyball. You know, it can be that um, the interesting thing now is she is not a believer anymore, uh, has left the church um, and has a whole kind of history. And like, she is not someone I'm in touch with. Like I remember coming back home from a summer in college and calling her and being like, Hey, I'd love to see you, you know? And she called me back and just happened to miss each other. And she left a voicemail and said, I wouldn't be a good influence on you right now. And that's the last I've ever heard from her. Um, But she still showed me Mm -hmm. what it was like to pour into someone and to look at them and say, you are important. You are loved. You are known. Um, And so I don't know if she'll ever know the impact she had, which is very interesting. Um, I, funny story, randomly ran across her on Instagram because she now has a pretty big following and she's like a workout, like person like helps like women rehab. Yeah. So I'm like, I like kind of see a little glimpses of her life occasionally. Like it's been kind of odd, but, um, she had a big impact on me. And then, um, Len Teague was the professor in college who taught all the youth ministry stuff. Is that what your voice is named after Lena? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but... One of her, he is named after Camper. Oh, that might be. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, Veronica. no. Lee, is Lee my, was oh, my okay. roommate. Or, yeah, she was my roommate in college. Okay. But so Len Teague was, um, he used to be the youth director at Lookout Mountain Press in Chattanooga. 
Um, and I think he's since retired. And again, I don't keep in touch with him as much as I would love, but like, he's always been someone in the past couple of years, like, like the care policy that was written at this church. When I moved here, I was like, they were like, we need a care policy. And I was like, Ugh. and I emailed him and I said, <laughs> can I have lookouts and to like base this off of? And yeah. he's like, yes. And he's always said like, uh, originality. Oh, what's his phrase? Originality is like forgetting where something came from or something <laughs> like that. So like he, always was like what a reform thing is that yeah. <laughs> yes. and he was like because I remember always being like uh like can I have this but I promise I'll like change you know I'm mm-hmm. not gonna just copy and he's like no like you can't like yeah he had such a heart just for youth ministry in general that like take what we have and like mm-hmm. use it and so there have been many times over the years with stuff like that like hey like I need a job description like we're looking for someone like what do you have anything you know he just he's so good and he taught me almost everything I know about youth ministry. So. Which, side note, I feel like that's, like, the, uh, what's it, like, subtitle of youth ministry is take what I have and use it. Yes. You know, like, which I think for so many people, like, leading youth group, because you also said earlier, like, this isn't hard. I'm really good at this. And for some people, like, my sister cannot imagine doing this. She's like, why have you chosen to be in puberty most of your life? And I'm like, okay, yes. But but it's the, like, well, we're just taking what we have and using it. Like, the, the first woman you mentioned, what's her name, Steph? Sarah. Sarah. Like, it's it's not, like, oh, well, we sat down and did a Bible study every week of my life. It's like, yeah, she ran wind sprints with me, you know? Right. I meet so many people who are just like, I couldn't do that. I'm like, well, I think you probably at least be better at it than you think, because it's not this crazy thing. It's just, what are you doing that you could look at somebody and right. say, like, you probably don't know how to do this. Let me let me guide you. Well, and so many of the best volunteers I've had over the years have been able to connect with the kids that I haven't. Cause there's always oh, kids that like you don't connect with mm-hmm. as well because the of sci-fi just, kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to talk to you about. And like, you've run out of your time, but like I've had so many volunteers over the years that I've seen connect with these kids that mm-hmm. to me felt really hard or felt really like I've tried so hard with yeah. you and I can't break your walls. And mm-hmm. then I see them over there in the corner and they're just having a quiet one-on-one conversation and like, that kid keeps coming back to youth group and they keep just sitting with this one leader and like, thank God for those people. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. like, that's why also like youth ministry can't just be me and Lynn. Yeah. Like there has to be the church coming alongside it. Yeah. Just like we do with children's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Like nursery can't run with just Nathan Leswick. Like we have to have, but I think so many people get intimidated because this isn't just keep making sure the babies stay alive for an hour. This is <laughs> why I have to talk to them. I have to like interact right. and they're, mm-hmm. they're high schoolers. What do we have in common? It's like, yes. Have you ever baked a cookie? Like when, yeah, kids are like, yeah. I don't know what to talk to middle school girls about. I'm like, some of them still really love to bake and play dress up or yeah. whatever it is. Like, don't, do you remember right. those Well, days? and I don't think when Sarah was hanging out with me, she goes, man, look at me doing youth ministry. Right. Right. Like that, that wasn't the mindset. She saw in me an athlete like her and she had been the high school girl yeah. athlete and was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know what it's like to train for a collegiate sport. And I was like on the cusp of having to do that. And she was like, Oh, this is to me, it's easy. So I can good. do this with you. Yeah. And so I think the more we can see of youth ministry is inviting kids into our lives and also entering theirs. But like, how much can we just do life together? And it's finding those kids that are into those things, you know, and like not everyone's going to be into the same things and that's okay. That's why we have different leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say to parents or potential volunteers, leaders to encourage them to be a part of youth ministry? Take what you have and let others learn from it. Like whether it's, you don't have to be good at everything. Like if there's something you're doing well in your life, like what would that be for you, Tim? That you're like, you know what? I don't do everything really well, but this, I really kill it. What's that thing for you? That would be playing hockey. Playing hockey? That's why I'm here this week. That's right. (laughs) 
or reading books lucky. or like, something. Okay, you yes. know what? Like, I know a kid who needs help with this sport yeah. training or just needs, I don't know, whatever. Like, or a hockey games on. You're going to host a hockey night where everyone can come to your house. I plan on yeah. hosting many women's World Cup game viewing, watching parties in the next month. So... Would be prepared. That's awesome. The NHL had an outdoor game last year, and I had some people over, and the kids played street hockey, and it was a blast. So, That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yes. okay. I mean, have, there's so many places in the Bible where we see it's uh, human mm-hmm. uh, involvement with divine interaction. Like, it's like, okay, what can I do and let the Holy Spirit breathe on this? Because, like, neither one of us does everything well, but we do something well. So I think there's also this this myth of like, I don't, I can't lead a Bible study. Well, can you like sit and support when maybe you're really good at theology and you can redirect, but you don't know Mm -hmm. how to create conversation. Like, well, we have somebody who can create conversation, but isn't solid and not solid, but doesn't know know how to use the Asian words like justification and you know, all those things. (laughs) And so I think for parents or, you know, potent, which everybody is a potential volunteer. Like, what do you have that you can do? It's not, do you have everything? Because no, none of us do. Well, I think so many people think of youth ministry as I have to be loud, I have to be active, I have to play the games, mm-hmm. and I have to eat gross stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I think I think that's everyone's mind. And so, <laughs> to most adults, that does not mm-hmm. appeal. Or you're like, I wasn't good at sports when I was in high school, so why would I want to play that? You know, like, yeah. I'm even worse now, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, some of the most effective people I've seen in youth ministry have been, like, the quiet leaders who sit with the kids who don't want to play the games. Yeah. And, like, thank God for those people. Because, like, I jump in the games. I want to play. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad when I have the leaders who also sit with the girls who are really insecure and they don't want to play. Or they mm-hmm. just have no desire or interest. Yeah. And they're still being fed. Because the biggest thing is we all want to be known and we all want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And we all receive and accept that and give it mm-hmm. in different ways. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. the whole reason... Mm-hmm. What's his face? Chapel has that whole book series on the five love languages, right? It's because oh, yeah. there's all the different ways we all love and be and are loved. And so using our unique gifts, like you don't have to be the crazy, loud, active, eating gross things type. Like I probably and to some extent, neither of us are those people either, you mm-hmm. know. And so how do we how do you come and just be Tim? Be who yeah. you are and find the kids that you naturally mm-hmm. mesh with and ask questions and get them talking. Like, heard me, it's like when people are like, I can't talk to kids. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't have to talk. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Yes. Where do you go to school? Yes. What do you like? What yeah. do you read? And once you find that thing that animates them, you can see it on their face yeah. and just ask them about it. Yeah. Get to know. Like, you know, sitting in the nursery this past week, uh, there was a high uh, middle school student in there, and I know she loves to read. And I just started being like, what are you reading right now? She was telling me all about some book series I had never heard of. But it was really fascinating and a glimpse into who she is mm-hmm. and what she enjoys. Mm-hmm. And she did most of the talking. Yeah. But, like, I also got to listen and to learn more. Mm-hmm. And so... And the next time they come back, you can start to ask exactly. a little bit deeper Questions. Exactly. And yeah. that's how, yeah, you start there and then yeah. eventually you get to the point where you can interject and do a little yeah. bit more mentoring and talking and they hopefully listen because you've built this foundation mm-hmm. of trust and respect. Yeah. The, I don't care veneer of specifically high school students is just that. Like, it's just a veneer. It's just a like, are you really going to try here sort of thing? You know, like it's just they they want to feel like they are their own person they don't need anybody else but that's not how we were built that's not how we were created so it is just a veneer we have to break through and Mm -hmm. I mean sometimes one of my favorite questions is like what's the hardest part about your life right like because I like I want to know what and that's a different way to ask a different question 
but just like, what's it like to be a ninth grade girl? Like, please tell me, because I know nothing about that right now. I know what it was like when I was a ninth grade girl, Mm -hmm. but I also know it's very different now. Mm -hmm. And then they get to tell you. And when you're listening, you're like, oh, that's what's important to you. Okay, let me ask more questions about that. Mm -hmm. So it is it is scarier than it it seems scarier than it really is. Um, And more people can do it than like playing the piano at church, right? Like more people can do it than are willing. (laughs) Just try it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you ready to lead youth group, Tim? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean... What are your Sunday nights looking like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come along and support you <laughs> as needed in various Do you want to do a hockey night? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. If, you, if you guys do all the admin work, sure. <laughs> youth ministry admin. Yeah, yeah. that's easy. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. No, <laughs> um, so since you guys are kind of in a unique role, interim, whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, however long that lasts, what do you guys hope to see from youth ministry while you're in that role? Or or even more specific, this upcoming fall, like mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to? I know one of our biggest prayer requests is a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. Um, for would, just in general? I think or? for everybody, yeah, that it wouldn't feel jolting of like, whoa, everything's different or whoa, like there's, you know, there's not a man leading this anymore and, and mm-hmm. I'm a high school boy and that's frustrating to me or whatever it is. I know transition and then building community between the students is something we are praying increases and that we have a positive impact in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say community is a very big, we want the group as a whole to feel cohesive and to try and get different groups interacting that maybe you wouldn't normally gravitate towards. Like, you know, some of the high school girls, maybe seeing some of the middle school girls and like reaching out to them, you know, trying to have Len Teague in college always said you should always be being mentored and mentoring. So I'd love to build some of this idea with some of these older students of like, hey, youth group is for you, but also like, here's an opportunity for you to practice reaching out to someone who is a couple steps behind you. And it's a safe place to do it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot of work, you know, but like, how can we build this like community of servitude and also like practicing just honestly good life skills like because mm-hmm. like coming out just into the world and into a community whether it's college or like your job or whatever you do after this like you know it community is important that's what we're built for mm-hmm. and so how can we you know equip these kids to see it amongst each other to see it amongst the leaders and to really build that um and just we'd love to make a good jumping off platform for whoever comes next. So we're not this year. The goal is not to build a program. It's not to like start Bro, anything then, like super yeah. new. In mm-hmm. fact, it might be a little pared down just with our schedules and what mm-hmm. our lives currently look like. You know, mm-hmm. we're still in the works of figuring a lot of the details out, mm-hmm. but um, how can we put the youth group in hopefully a healthy place for the next person to come in and say, man, I've got a lot of excitement and energy about taking this group Mm -hmm. to this stage or to this level and doing these things. Mm -hmm. And like, we'd love to be at a point where that's like a take it and run, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of having to come in and do like a lot of the work we're currently doing of just trying to figure out what, what are we doing? We're not in the business of doing programs just to do programs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me wrap up with two questions because we're approaching 40 minutes. So this this is good. I, I really actually like your back and forth and your philosophy of ministry and, Oh, thanks. Really fascinated by you guys talking about that. So we're optimistic about the year, just even because yeah. of yeah. our relationship and how well our family. Well, that's what I was going to ask. What are you most looking forward to? Not what you would hope to see, but like, what would you just love? Well, I'm so excited to just be back in youth ministry, like with yeah. a 
there's always a purpose, but with more of a, like, an actual purpose of, like, okay, we get to, like, have a really influential part in this, um, more than just, um, there's no just volunteers, but more than volunteers, I'm really excited about that, and, yeah, like, it's already clear to me how, like, anointed our partnership is, for so many reasons, it wouldn't make sense in a secular world for our friendship and sisterhood to work, when we're, you know, one of us could be vying for the whole position or just go for it and do it mm-hmm. poorly because of the where, which we both said no to the full-time position mm-hmm. because of, we, we don't want to just kind of do it. We want to be able to do it well, and that's just not where our lives are. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, I'm really looking forward to um, working with Annette and our families over the next year as we do get to, yeah, uh, just make it a healthy youth group, which isn't saying that it wasn't healthy before, but in this season of unknown, right. keeping it healthy and yeah, doing that well. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the Lord um, blesses our efforts because I know he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things for me that's been really cool, and this was, it, it's been interesting before, I'd say back even like in the winter, like before this was even a thing, before mm. this was even on my radar as like something that could be happening, the Lord was already encouraging me. In my, I had, like, a couple students from back when I was here, like, 10 years ago, like, reach out, like, out of the blue and, like, say very encouraging. Like, I had a couple, like, in a handful of instances, and I've even had a couple more since then. And now all old students, but just random things happen over the last six months where I was like, I don't know why the Lord is just all of a sudden encouraging me in this job I had 10 years ago. But, like, he is. And I, I even remember having that thought back in, like, February or March, being like, this is kind of odd, but, like... Mm-hmm. It's encouraging. Like, it's, you know, it's nice to know that something I did 10 years ago still means something to people, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> the Lord knew that yeah. I was going to be stepping sort of back into this role again. And it's, yeah. so that's been very just cool and encouraging. And also just, like, getting to work with, like, Lynn specifically, but also just another woman mm-hmm. in youth ministry. Because that's so rare. Mm-hmm. It's so rare to have another female in youth ministry, who's not just like, oh yeah, I did it for two years as an internship after college. And then I went on and did my real job. And I think even a lot of men who are youth directors see it as a stepping stone and it's just something, and I get it. And that's how things are like, and not everyone's meant to be a youth director and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, youth ministry has always been my passion. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if Mark and I hadn't gotten married, like I probably would have stayed and kept doing the job. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like several things. And like, like I said, I kept doing youth ministry, whether it was paid or not, mm-hmm. through our t- entire yeah. time in the Navy. Like we found a church and I like basically went to the youth director and said, what do you need? I'm here and I would love to be a help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's always been my passion. So meeting another woman who's not just like, oh yeah, I kind of helped with youth group once upon a time, but like she's also done it like in an official capacity and worked in it and thought through a lot of the things that I have of like, how do you like recruit leaders and how do you deal with kids? And like, I've led Bible studies, like, it's just really cool. And it's like really fun to get to work with another female who's been in the field before. Cause I that's think that's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I'm looking forward to. And like our husbands really get along. And so I'm like, so I'm excited about the friendship that just yeah. develops from this. And I think that's going to pour into the youth ministry mm-hmm. too. And like, mm. we want, we want to grow the youth ministry this year. And again, like Lynn was saying, it's not that it wasn't an unhealthy place. Like it wasn't a good spot, but let's take it from where it was. And I don't necessarily mean grow it numbers wise. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's so easy for people to think, let's grow the youth ministry. Let's get more kids. Yeah. If more kids come great, mm-hmm. 
But I also want to grow, like, the relationships between us and the kids, Mm -hmm. between the kids and each other. I want these kids to grow in their love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want them to have examples of not just Lynn and I, but, like, any other leaders who show up, Mm -hmm. of people who love Jesus Mm -hmm. and want to pursue him and also have rich and fulfilling lives. I had a student one time say to me, I didn't know that you could be a Christian and have fun. Mm -hmm. And I just like, that blows my mind that there are kids out there who think, yep, you go to church and you have your separate life. And I was kind of this way when I was in high school. And like, then you have your school life and your sports and your theater, your whatever, your Mm -hmm. extracurriculars that you do. And they're separate. And I can't, I can have fun at these things. And then I go to church to do my duty over here. And no, like Mm -hmm. we can do these things that we love. And there's a reason the Lord has you know, allowed us, like, you mm-hmm. love hockey. Like, that is given to you by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, so play and have fun and mm-hmm. be in that. But also you can serve the Lord while playing mm-hmm. hockey. You mm-hmm. know, and yeah. I think so many kids aren't taught that. They aren't mm-hmm. shown that. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're also just doing. so excited to be on staff with you, Tim. Like, yes. What an honor it oh, is. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, we also really know how to kiss up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so you <laughs> like need computers or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he already connected my laptop. Yes. Yes. I need mine connected. Hey, that's a mantra of mine. Make friends with the IT guy. Yeah. <laughs> My brother-in-law used to be the IT guy. Okay. So let me tell you. Go super smooth and make yeah. friends with the IT guy. So yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it. We're grateful for your gifts and talents. All right. Yes. Appreciate that. Yeah. And thanks for letting us be on the podcast. It's really cool to yeah. have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. This is great. I, I need to get to the rest of the stack eventually. But. Yeah. Um, so, hey, last question. Um, how can the congregation be praying for you guys individually? Not, not the youth ministry, but you guys. That's good. Do you have a first this time? Sure. Okay. Um, I think my biggest prayer request and kind of just on my mind when I'm not like, you know, when we're not dealing with details of youth group is just my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I have three very small boys at home um, and I'm a stay at home mom and Mark is a uh, airline pilot. So he's gone half the time and he's home half the time. And so um it's kind of feast or famine like he yeah. you know when he's home he's home and has no work so like it's odd like right now he's home he's watching our, our children, children. Yeah. yeah he's even watching <laughs> yeah. Children right now. like yeah. which is great it allows me it allows us to come here mm-hmm. and to meet together and to really focus and get some stuff done mm-hmm. uh but when he's gone he's gone and he's usually gone for four or five days at a time and so it's you know figuring out the balance of this job and these kids in this youth ministry are still mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. but so are my kids and so yeah. where's the balance of getting the babysitters and making myself free to do the youth ministry stuff I need to do, but then also being aware of my own family Mm -hmm. and their own needs. Um, And that's a big part of why the full-time job was not on my plate currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, and also just asking, I mean, this might not be a prayer from the congregation, but just some, some slack, you know, because like we're both interim and things might change and they might be pared down a little bit because of where we both are Mm -hmm. family wise. Um, And so just prayer for that and for the kids that, the youth ministry kids that they don't feel, uh, you know, slighted because that's not the goal. Yeah. The goal is still to pour into them and love on them and find leaders who can come alongside us to do that. But yeah. our kids are important too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what came to mind first was I don't want my kids ever to feel like they came after the church did, you know, like, oh, mommy prioritized being at the church, but not being with us. Um, and Grace has been so great about saying like family is a priority for us. So whatever you need mm-hmm. to do to make, you know, family happen. Um, but yeah, just make, cause, cause I do love this job. We love working with you. So it yes. is so easy for me to, to, you know, get lost in it. Um, that, and yeah, praying that 
a new person does come in by the time our interim is done because it would it's it would be so hard to leave something in the needed place mm-hmm. even if it doesn't fit our season of life just right. to be like well there is this need and I can fill it so I should like that's not how it should work all the time so right. praying for the next person to come in in the Lord's timing which is the only thing that ever happens but that it would be by the time that our interim but is within the next done. year yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah so um, just handling yeah handling that with grace and um, for, so for that person and then yeah like for our families to be protected from becoming what do they call like the mistress of mm. like you know my oh. the church was my mistress or which whatever that works is but I don't want my kids to have that story I want them to know like mommy loved serving at the church and she loved us and right. yeah one didn't have to sacrifice for the other but and, I love what we are showing our kids too of like the church is important yes. like, important yeah. yeah like we come and we serve yeah. and we use our mm-hmm. gifts and so I that is another reason like when they were like hey could you do the full time but if not would you be willing to interim and like Yes, because mm-hmm. like this is a need and this yeah. is a way I can fill mm-hmm. it. And so it's trying to find that balance of like, this is what my family needs, but also like mm-hmm. I want my kids to see more than just we attend church on Sunday mornings and then yeah. we don't think about it again. Yeah. Like, no, this is this should be our lives and this yeah. should be we are a part of our community and our church and that's what this looks yeah. like. So and this is what it's go- like. Ideally, this healthy, you know, beautiful community of Christ is what it's going to look like for eternity. Like any false community that you're offered outside of this is that's exactly that. It's false, you know. Mm-hmm. So last summer I got to speak at like multiple summer camps with RYM and my family got to come with me because RYM is amazing. And uh, the kids now think that that's normal. Like, oh, summer camp was super fun. And uh, like, I love being in that community. And I told my husband, I was like, this is such a priority for me, for my children to think that this is what normal, real community looks like. Mm -hmm. Because they need to know that any other community that they're offered based on anything else but the Lord is a false community. So we want that for our youth group kids too. But um, yeah, it is important for our children to see that. um, Yeah. As long as they keep praying for us, that's they can pray for whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I feel your prayers. Yeah. 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 yeah, just keep them coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do pray the congregation would, you know, support you guys in the ministry, but also the families too. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Lee and Stella just are walking around, encourage them, and yeah. Hey, your mom's busy right now, but it's okay. Like, you know. Yeah. So yes. yeah. That'd be great. Okay, I did say it was the last question, but this is the last question. <laughs> can we all call you Lynette? Oh my gosh, yes. Sure. Um, yes. We're we'll still answer trying to whatever. All right, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I think Cameron, did Cameron come up yeah. with that? Yes. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah, I think there are, no, he asked me what it was, and he was like, what would your names be combined? I was like, Lynette. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you could do it the other way. It's just be Ann and then the other. I know she's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'd be so many N's. I know she signed it in the email now. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Only to you, though. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, special yeah, treat we there. we took the time. All right. Well, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate, appreciate that. You Hopefully, too. this is encouraging for people and maybe helps have your make your job a little bit easier because yeah. they know where you're coming from. Hopefully, they made it through the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Yes, <laughs> we yes. talk fast. We crammed a lot of stuff. We do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>